Hi there, it's Aaron. Thanks again for tuning into The Dispatch. If you love the show, tell a friend, tell an auntie. We're at Outline Dispatch on Twitter, and you can find me at Aaron M. Edwards. If you have any feedback at all, you can also send me an email. I'm Aaron at theoutline.com. Also, if you want to bring us into your home, we have a skill on the Amazon Alexa. Just search in the Alexa app for The Outline. All right, thank you, and enjoy the show. Go. If you're live for some of the agencies supported by your community, just dollars. The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a story on the theme of power, culture, or the future, handpicked from theoutline.com. Today on the show, is your job actually killing you? Sophie Wiener joins me to talk about how we're all working too hard. Let's get right into it. Power. Hi, Hi. how are you? I'm Sophie. I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. For real, legit studio. I know, right? Yeah, we try to try to do it, do it big. (laughs) This is such a cool Q and A and piece just on the site. Like I, I think it's a really cool topic, especially right now. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of folks are talking about work life balance all the time, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen a lot more. I'm just curious about what made you want to. Write about this. I'm a pretty militant anti work <laughs> <laughs> defender of our rights to have an okay life and to not be, you know, tied to a job that is harmful to us. And so, you know, when I saw an interview in another publication with Jeffrey Pfeffer, who, who wrote this book, I was just immediately like, oh, I'm reading this. All right, are you there? Yep. So who is Jeffrey Pfeffer? Um, so he's a Stanford professor. He has written a lot of books about just work and organization and all these, you know, theories and studies and stuff around um, how to make companies work well and why they work the way they do and all these kinds of things. Um, most of his books are not as dramatic as uh, as his most recent one. And his his new book... Dying for a Paycheck, How Modern Management Harms Employee Health and Company Performance, and What We Can Do About It. Uh, You say it comes to this conclusion that jobs are making us sick Mm -hmm. uh, to the tune of 120,000 excess deaths per year. When you were writing your book, who were you thinking about being the audience? People who work, the people who I interviewed for this book, and of course a billion other people like them who are mm-hmm. who are struggling, and I don't think really necessarily understand what is causing their distress. I'm a freelancer, so oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've been I've been freelance for two years now, and it's been pretty terrible for my mental and physical health. Um, Yeah, like having to create your own schedule entirely. Like I have a job on the weekend, so it's really unclear when I'm supposed to take days off Um, Mm -hmm. and when you never know when you're going to get paid. is not super easy, and I don't think it's very good for people. Do you believe that work-related stress and illness has increased over the last you know, several decades? Um, probably. I mean, I don't, we don't really have evidence on that, but mm-hmm. the, things that, the things that cause work-related stress seem to have gotten worse over the last several decades. And that's just becoming more and more people these days as, like, the gig economy and all that stuff keeps 
growing. There is more economic insecurity. I mean, uh-huh. in the 1950s, people weren't getting laid off right and left, and uh-huh. we had none of this kind of gig economy thing where nobody knows from one minute to the next how much they're going to make. I'm curious about whether, Jeffrey, or even you in your own research about this, how they make the tie between workplace uh, stress to death. Like, obviously, if you're having a stressful job, that leads to other illnesses and things that then lead to death. But how do you make that line? How do you draw that line? Yeah, I mean, he has a whole complex theory that he has laid out. (laughs) Well, number one, I think people have not really measured the effect of all this on people's health. And number two, I think people, frankly, don't care about people. (laughs) Yeah. His book was actually based on a paper that he did in um, 2016 that he published where he did this huge meta-analysis of all these studies about stress and how workplace practices are tied to stress. And then there's a really extensive literature in how stress leads to chronic conditions like heart disease and diabetes and mental illness and, you know, substance abuse and all of these these other conditions right. that then lead to, you know, morbidity and mortality. So once you realize how much stress work is causing, then it's not super hard to draw the next conclusion, which is that it's actually killing us because the literature around what stress does to people is really extensive and really um, solid. <laughs> right. And it reflects the fact of how little value we place on the well-being of, 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 of human beings. Wait, so what are his views on just the idea that, you know, in the U.S. people are relying on their jobs for, for health care mm. and for those services that would ultimately keep them alive? Yeah, I mean, he talks about that as one of the reasons why people are not able to leave jobs where they are really unhappy and where they're really stressed out because prior to the ACA passing, but also after it, people definitely feel tied to their jobs as their source of health care in the U.S. I did ask him specifically how the, you know, stress and stuff in the U.S. compares to conditions in Europe and in other places where, you know, they do have universal health care, so you're not tied to your job. And he said that their analysis showed that about half of them were, about half of the 120,000 excess deaths would be preventable if we had, uh, if we were like Europe. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) I think with any conversation about workplace stress and how people feel like they're tied to a really bad job, you have to talk about the disparity that is faced by, you know, women, people of color. Does he get into that in the book at all? Yeah, he does. He definitely talks about, you know, discrimination and sexual harassment as, you know, a further cause of stress and therefore a further cause of illness um, and death. He has talked about that a lot in other interviews as well, especially right now as people are, you know, discussing the whole Me Too movement and stuff. It's stressful being discriminated against or even just being in an environment where you're the only person like yourself and you are then in an even more like heightened situation of stress. <laughs> right. Let's talk about solutions to this then. Uh, just I think it was this past week uh, bill was introduced in city council in New York uh, called the right to disconnect. 
A Brooklyn councilman has proposed a bill that would make it illegal for employers in New York City to require employees to respond to emails after work hours. This concept is the right to disconnect. It's based on a 2017 French law that requires large companies to negotiate with workers and unions to try and develop guidelines on how to deal with after-hours communications. City Council member uh, Rafael Espinal has introduced this bill, which would hopefully make it so that employers could not fire people or could not punish people for not responding to emails or not, you know, connecting to their workplace when they are not supposed to be working, when they're off the clock. You know, it's it's still in committee right now, so it doesn't have a date that it'll be voted on or anything. But it's not the only bill of its kind. There was a bill like this that actually was passed in France. There's a similar law in Germany. Lots of other places have considered um, these kinds of measures um, because, I mean, this isn't something that used to be a problem. You know, maybe your employer could call you or something at home before, but now— It's very easy, as I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, to just check your email or check your Slack or whatever at any hour. And it very quickly goes from, oh, this is something I can do to this is something that I have to do because, you know, it's expected of me. I'm just wondering if this book made you see things differently or change the way that you relate to, you know, what it means to run a company and and work in America. Mm, I would say not really. I mean, you not know, really. this is, I mean, the book is a culmination of a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've done papers on this before. I'd thought mm-hmm. about this. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I. The only thing when somebody asked me, "What did you learn from doing all this?" I said, "It's worse than I thought." But mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's worse than I thought. But it's not different than I thought if you get the, right. the you yeah. know I knew crap was going on I knew the situation was bad I knew I had a hunch that it affected people uh, in a variety of different industries it's just worse than I thought what was your main takeaway then from from the book and, and would you recommend it to other people I think it's a very easy to read clear-cut explanation of a lot of the problems with being Uh, worker today. He says, Jeffrey Pfeffer um, says he wants this book to be like the silent spring of, you know, work worker conditions. So, you know, he wants this to really make a change in how companies treat their employees and stuff. My main takeaway was this is a major problem and we need to do something about it. Um, As, you know, someone who identifies as a socialist and has pretty strong views on this stuff, my other takeaway was this is a systemic problem that needs to be addressed in uh, ways that are not necessarily presented in the book, like in, you know, increasing unionization and strikes and Medicare for all and all of these other things. But yeah, I mean, if anyone is not familiar with the fact that work is overly stressful now, and I mean, I think I think the other thing that the book does really well is lay it out like, it's not just you. It's not just one industry. It's not just the people you know. This is a problem across all industries, from blue collar to white collar, from you know fast food employees to people who work at media companies. You know, it's it's completely across the spectrum.
So I know you're moving to Australia, but where can folks find you if they want to follow more of your work? Um, I'm on Twitter uh, way more than I should be. My uh, <laughs> handle is sophcw, S-O-P-H-C-W. Uh, I have a website, sophieweiner.com. And yeah, you can find me very easily on the internet. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming in and good luck with your move. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Dispatch. We're produced by James T. Green. And today is a very special day because it marks our 200th episode. Hey, I'm going to Millie Rock to the Calling By Your Name soundtrack. Just for a little bit. Hey, 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 hey. Look it up, look it up. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, speaking of hard work, uh, to celebrate, James and I need a little break. So next week, we're going to give you some reruns of our favorite Dispatch episodes. New listeners, you're in for a treat. You're going to love them. And OG Dispatchers, it'll be a walk down memory lane. Until next time, I'm Aaron Edwards. <laughs>